There's an old African proverb that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, then go together. When you try to go it alone, whether as a startup founder or an ambitious professional, you're setting yourself up to fall short if you're playing for the long term. That's why building up a team is so important. Using those key players to inspire each other and you towards results, that's the secret source for success. Now, just like the African proverb, our teams are trying to cover a lot of ground, regardless of what industry you're in. But unlike the proverb, we're not just relying on the strength of our bodies. We can propel ourselves forward using the strength of our feedback. Negative, positive, or constructive, every time you receive feedback, you can use it to get better professionally and personally. You can leverage it to create powerful pitches, communicate better, and solve problems that seem insurmountable from the outside. How do you get great feedback then? Well, that's what we're going to dig into today. And it all starts with listening, keeping quiet and letting your team do the talking. You already know what you think, but when you let those bright brains around you go to work, you'll hear opinions that both resonate with and challenge you. On today's episode, we'll be taking a deep dive into giving and receiving feedback, and we'll learn why authenticity cuts through the professional and personal, and how to use these skills to deliver a great pitch that puts your audience first. Let's get started and take a closer look at feedback in action. I'm Ben Bradbury, and this is Subject Matter. Let me ask you something. When was the last time you received really great feedback? Often, we equate positive feedback with hearing what we want to hear, being congratulated on a job well done, or the boss patting us on the back and letting us know that they liked our project. And don't get me wrong, while it's absolutely right to recognize your team for what they've achieved from time to time, I've got to challenge this constant appreciation culture that some companies are prone to. Praise alone does not build skills or lead to professional and personal development. It can build a, me a measure of confidence, yes, but it's not skill building. Now, on the other side of the coin, negative feedback sits, and that can send us into a spiral of resentment, even when those comments were made in a constructive way. Remember that people don't leave companies, they leave managers. And if they're taking their manager's feedback personally, they're going to fail to stop the learning and they're going to feel like they're not growing. So on the one hand, feedback can be fluffy and meaningless if it's delivered too often without intent. And on the other hand, it can be a cruel emotional blow. So how do we balance this? Well, there's one factor we can use to deliver feedback well, and that is humility. Delivering great feedback starts with a change in mindset. And so instead of using feedback to puff up someone's ego or tear them down, see it as a tool that you can use to build confidence. When you strip away ego from your feedback, what you're left with is a real data point that can positively impact someone. It means being specific with your praise so that people know what to improve on and being vague with criticism so people don't take the feedback too personally. 
What's great is this act of humility strengthens another key part of effective leadership, and that is showing your authentic self. And that's what we're going to jump into now. When you jump on a Zoom call, how do you show up? Do you put on a show for your colleagues or are you able to be your authentic self? No one likes to learn that you've been faking it. And this kind of inconsistency kills trust before it's begun to build. But when you lead with authenticity, the relationships you build can start to compound. For me, that means being consistent both with my colleagues, my friends, and my family. I want to be the Ben that you see at work and outside of work with my friends. There needs to be that consistency. Here's a great example of authenticity in action from Eleanor Hagland. Eleanor is the CEO of Alliance, incredibly smart lady, and she shared this with me on the last episode of Subject Matter. Eleanor told me that she was pitching an idea to a business connected to the treatment of Alzheimer's patients. The interviewer paused the interview and asked Eleanor why she cared so much about the issue. At first, Eleanor jumped into her pitch by sticking to the raw data. But eventually, she realized that it was only when she shared her family's experience of caring for loved ones with Alzheimer's that her pitch really hit home. It stuck because Eleanor brought out her authentic self and shared that personal story that made Alzheimer's matter to her in the first place. Authentic storytelling has been the cornerstone of human connection for millennia. It's one part of what makes for a great pitch. And Eleanor went on to share her formula for creating a great pitch. She explains this far better than I can, so make sure to check out our interview after this if you're interested. But the key point that I want to share with you today that you need to know to start with, to start leveraging this authenticity and feedback, is getting to know your audience. Why? Because getting to know your audience starts with knowing the right feedback. You've got to listen to your audience's pain points. You've got to uncover their values. Ask yourself, how do they see the world? No one cares what you can do, but everyone cares what you can do for them. And once you know them, once you know your audience, be prepared to adapt your tone of voice to the audience that you're talking to. Your message may stay the same, but you've got to be brave enough to adapt that tone of voice. Because when you do that, and when you adjust your audience's values and their pain points, you're giving yourself space to create a message that's really going to resonate with them. So can you learn to take feedback less personally? Well, personally, I think you can. It takes practice. But once you start to view it as a tool, rather than a criticism of your personality, you can start putting it to good use. And listening with an open mind is a key part of this process. You might not agree with the feedback, but you've got to ask yourself, is there anything being said that you can take away and put to good use, even if it antagonizes a part of your brain? Remember, those ideas that antagonize you might be the thing you're missing for the next version of yourself to grow. And the thing is that feedback can make you feel vulnerable, but in my experience, great feedback is the number one way that teams build strong relationships. Being consistent and reliable, it might not sound like the most exciting thing in the world, but integrity is a quality that survives the long term, whether that's in a friendship or with a colleague in your team. It's never too early to open your first feedback loop. For founders, 
Build your teams and face problems together rather than trying to solve them on your own. And for ambitious professionals, get your team together and unleash their potential. You might not always like what you hear, but those opposing viewpoints can very often find solutions that you might otherwise miss. My challenge to you is to bring your authentic self to the next room or Zoom call or meeting that you go into and watch your team's potential be unlocked.